Welcome back. We took a little bit of a hiatus. Some, you know, life gets in the way, but we're Thank back. you for uh, uh, staying with us. We're, we're, we're bringing you yeah. another episode this week. Yeah, we're really excited about it. You know, it's kind of a slow time for movies just in the world, but that's why we're going to bring back one of the one of the best superhero movies made, in, in, at least in the last few years, in my opinion, and one of the most unique superhero movies made. Definitely unique. I thought it was pretty good, too. Definitely a different direction from everything else, for sure. So today we're going to be talking about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, so this movie got rave reviews. It was nominated for a number of different Oscars. It won one for animation, which I get. The animation style was insane. It was completely revolutionary. Uh, It has a 97 critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, 94 audience score, 87 on Metacritic. Just pretty much as much as lauded as a superhero movie can be, this movie was. It stars Shamik Moore playing titular uh, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, but also Jake Johnson, Haley Steinfeld, Mahashiro Ali. So uh, many people. You can't, movie, you can't forget Lee, Nick, Cage. Nick Cage. Yeah, who, yeah, you can't forget Nick Cage. Liv Shriver, Chris Pine makes a little cameo. This has so many. And I missed that Chris Pine was in this movie. You were telling me that right before the podcast. I was like, what? I missed that one. Yeah, he... It's weird. He's so famous, and you scroll like all the way down the IMDb list because he just has this role in the be- very beginning of the movie. But he's in it. No, some great did, voice did acting. We, I think, did we say John Mulaney? Yeah, yeah John Mulaney is Spider Spider Man. In a way that, in a role that really probably he was uniquely qualified for with the way his voice and his shtick, uh, perfect cast. Him and him and Nick Cage as Spider Man Noir were. Just too perfect. They're my favorite. You can't make a full movie out of them, but if you pepper them into this movie, it works really well. Well, they might try. Oh, of course they'll try. But, you know. And actually, you know, rewatching this movie, I I was surprised. I thought there was more of Spider-Ham, more of Spider-Man Noir, more of the, uh, you know, Spider-Bot, whatever that is, more Penny Parker than there actually was. Because, I don't know, that's the thing with watching this movie a second time. It's so short. Yeah, and and those guys are like in the second half of the movie. Like yeah. it's just no, Miles and and older Peter Parker for the first half of this movie. Pretty much, and you get a little bit more of uh, Gwen Stacy. True, but not even that much. It's uh, no, it's really short. It goes really fast. I think that's why so many people liked it. It was so refreshing because. Here we have movies like we just talked about Endgame, which is three out over three hours long, and just the behemoth, and Infinity War was over two hours long, and Black Panther was. Even movies like Shazam that are comedies are two hours and twenty minutes long. This movie is brief, it's to the point, it's quick, it, it is quippy, so you know, you have that in there, but it's just light. And it's a, it's really a feel good movie. I just when I saw it in the theaters for the first time, I just kind of was smiling throughout the whole movie. Yeah, and, and the fact that it's animated, it kind of it, it was it was a little bit strange for me, like, okay, this is gonna be in the movie theaters, but it's animated. But it worked pretty well. And there's a lot of things you can do with animation that you just that it makes it very hard to do with real people. And like as much as CGI has grown, 
it's it actually feels like more seamless when everyone is animated the entire time. Especially this animation style, I thought it was really different and really. Uh, it's I haven't really seen anything like it before. Yeah, it pops out I mean, at you. I don't know. It's like not. It, it feels like three D esque in the way you know, like it has yeah. good texture and everything. Definitely, and and the way they were able to like what you said about integration and everything with the effects. It, the way they're able, because it's all animated, for instance, when Miles is jumping around as young, untrained, not at the end of the movie, but in the beginning when he's trying to learn how to be Spider-Man, they actually filmed, they actually edited it as a slower rate than, than the more experienced Spider-People. Because they were moving quicker and faster and more seamlessly while he's kind of stumbling along. So even like down to the granular level, this movie just nailed the animation. They deserve... Every award, right? Right. I'm sure. Uh, ironic with the, you know, the Sony Disney fighting. They probably took awards away. They probably took awards away from a Disney movie because I can't imagine there's any other competition in the animated category, like most years. Yeah, I think it was probably. Yeah. It's usually like whenever Disney comes out with a movie, they win the animated and they win the like the original song and everything else. So they they definitely grab something with this. <laughs> That's that's definitely true because this this was uh this had to be up there for all those categories. All right, so Nick, let's get yeah. into it. Let's get into the movie. Uh, so we follow the story in this, which is a great change, and it's something that you know how many Spider-Man movies have we seen? But this is super different because we follow Miles Morales, not Peter Parker, as the protagonist protagonist of this movie that's right i mean we i i think everyone going to the movie knows okay it's a different spider-man we didn't necessarily know the the twist about the dimensions we're like okay this is uh is peter parker spider-man or not but right away it starts with a peter parker telling us about how great spider-man is and making all these references to the toby mcguire movies so it, it just makes it makes fun of it of itself right away, which is cool. But we don't see Miles Morales until like after until after that intro about okay, there's the Spider Man. Right. We we establish in this universe that Spider Man not it's not just that Miles we're getting a new Spider Man who's Miles Morales and he does his own thing. Miles Morales is living in a world where Spider Man exists and Spider Man is good at his job and has gone on all these adventures and and Miles Morales is kind of just yeah, and Spider-Man is like a known hero, and you know he he owns a Spider-Man costume and everything. Miles Morales, and right? He has his own because he he's he a celebrity. Comic book, exactly. He's a well, especially in New York, he's a well-known superhero. So the movie starts after the Spider-Man intro with Miles Morales being a kid. You get a great glimpse of him and his daily life. He is because he he's not Peter Parker, but he is Spider-Man. He has some problems at school, uh, some problems with his family. He does have two parents, but him and his dad have a little trouble connecting. Right. And and you see some other similarities, too. Like, uh, you know, he's he's still from New York. He's from Brooklyn instead of Queens, but he's from New York. And he's like, you know, got that city life. And he's going to this new school that looks like kind of like a like a prestigious city school like right. not the local school yeah, some sort of charter yeah so school. so he feels like out of place there 
but he's clearly really good at science. Like he's trying to fail his school. Like that was one of the things they, they did. He wants to fail so he can go back to the school from, you know, his own neighborhood. And, right, and he gets like a hundred out of a hundred. Like he, he can't. Well, he, he ends up getting a zero on his uh, true or false test. But the only way you can get an, an actual zero is if you know every answer and choose the wrong one right, on purpose. Right. So they clearly with that. It's again, it's a quick thing. It shows it shows one. He doesn't really, you know, they really establish it really nicely. Kind of like that. This movie's so efficient. So in this first scene, we get he's walking through his neighborhood that he's from, and he's very comfortable there. Everyone knows him, and he's like, going. like the the big man on campus kind of thing. Right. And then we get a scene with him and his dad where it's clear that his dad loves him, but at the same time, there's not, they don't see eye to eye. Right. And then we get the scene in the school where he's trying to, you know, he's trying to say, Hey, what's going on? And no one, no one's buying it. No one's buying what he's telling. And it just, you know, you see it. And then you get the scene where he's trying to fail out. Uh, And he even says, you know, I'm here just because I won the lottery, whatever. He doesn't feel worthy of, what he's being given and he doesn't want he doesn't want to be different he just wants to be where he's from and be who he is or who he's known to be right but, but the one way that he does change is through his or the one that he expresses himself is through his art right so he's he likes to do street art like graffiti art and there's a character that we're introduced to that supports him in that his uncle his uncle aaron and right. so, you know, he goes, he goes there after school and he's, and he's giving him like the honest truth about what he thinks about school. And uncle Aaron says, okay, let's go, you know, let's go to this you know place where you can, you can do your art, you can do your graffiti art. So they go to this like underground, like sewers or like a passageway off from a sewer. And that's where we get the you know introduction to Miles Morales as Spider-Man. We see a radioactive spider and the, and it kind of happens like in any other Spider-Man story. So he gets, Miles gets bitten by a spider and he feels it. And then I, I don't know if he, if he notices the, the effects like right away or the next morning, I think it was like the next morning. No, they actually play it for comedy because the music gets all dramatic and they see the spider and everyone in the theater knows this is how he's going to get his powers. And the spider bites him and he looks at it and like flicks it. Yeah off his hand it doesn't react at all because every and everyone's like oh this, it's this momentous occasion he's he's going to be spider-man and this movie does a great job of playing on your expectations of who you think spider-man is and and then just kind of twist them not you know like a you know last jedi dumb subversive way but just in a way right it makes sense and they don't spend the entire movie like giving waiting for the twist like they give it to you a, a scene or two later so yeah, exactly. then he wakes. Then you know he wakes up and he realizes like differences and like starts to feel these powers. Yeah, he's uh, he's taller. They show he his hands stick to things. He can he climbs on walls. He can he has pretty much the he runs the gamut of the Spider Man powers pretty early. And on. and he is and he does the, like the web shooters right from the wrist from the whip from the wrist right. He doesn't have to invent them, no, or does he invent them? He borrows them from. Well, first he borrows them from Peter B. Parker. That's okay. why they each have one as they're swinging, and then later on he gets them from May. I, I think this is a good point to to mention the 
Spider-Man web slinging because I've literally gotten questions from people about why does Spider-Man have to create his own webs? People are like so t- have been so tied to like the Tobey Maguire version. Yeah, and yeah. I-, I found it surprising because I'm like, well, Spider-Man having to invent this is like the original thing. Like that's that's what came first. That's who- yeah, it was really controversial when they made it so that he didn't have to invent his own things and he naturally shot um you know these web, the webs out of his own he made it himself which is you know yeah i mean i i could see it either way um it, it does give you a i i really like when they don't i mean you know i like the toby the toby Maguire movies i don't have any problems with them but i like the choice and the way it was originally made to not have natural because it does go really good it does do a really good job of showing how good uh how smart spider-man is and how resourceful right. he is he makes these web shooters and not, and you know it also gives you situations where he has to a lot of times if his web shooters run out or break like we saw right. in far from home where he has to improvise and the way they did that in the toby Maguire movies is for some reason his powers just stopped working so his webs ran out but it's less dumb if you do it. Yeah. If you still want, if you still want that. Scene. And it like, it rings a little true to the comics, which is, it's nice when you can do it. And also, yeah, they haven't used it yet, but you know, in a future Spider-Man movie, if they really need to, like they can also do the element of like some kind of variation on a web shooter. Like maybe it's, you know, a web shooter with like electric, you know, electricity in it or something like that. You know, it's yeah, hard well, to do I mean, that with when it's like, genetically part of him natural right i mean there is the scene in uh in homecoming where tom holland's talking to karen i think the the artificial intelligence about all the different kinds of web shooters there are you know the great scene in uh end game activated instant kill that whole there's a lot of different uh they they had that a little bit but who knows what they're going to do now that there's no spider-man in the mcu anymore yeah but Okay, back, let's go back. Let's get back to yeah, uh, back, this movie. back to the story, back to the plot. So, Miles now has these powers. He's trying to figure them out, and that leads him to go back down into the tunnels to find the spider. Right, and this is a, it's, it's a great thing that this movie does that it Miles Morales exists in a universe with Peter Parker with Spider Man because he goes, he actually reads the Spider Man comic, and they do a mirroring thing where. Pretty much whatever what ha- what happened to Peter Parker as he got his powers is also happening to Miles now, and then he kind of uses that to say, "Oh, it was a spider. I remember getting bit by the spider. Let me go and find it." Just he almost wants to tell himself, "I didn't actually get bit by this spider. It's not a special spider. It's normal. I'm just kind of I'm dreaming. This is all in my right. head." So he goes down to try to dis- almost disprove it, and because he doesn't he doesn't want it to be true, right. Right. He doesn't want the responsibility. He doesn't. He wouldn't want the you know something new. He just wants to go to like back to his comfortable comfortable life. Right. And but so he yeah. goes back. He goes underground back to where his uncle brought him uh, to find the spider. He finds it. It phases, which tells you I think the spider is from a different dimension because it does do the phase, such that they have later that like the people do later in the movies. Um, glitching, I think they call it in the movie. Right. And then they go, and then he hears a sound, and it turns out is Spider Man, the universe of Spider Man, Peter Parker fighting against, 
I think he's mostly fighting against the Green Goblin here, but it's the big Green Goblin. Uh, so definitely not just the Norman Osborn, a guy in a, in a Power Rangers suit, but like this huge hulking monster that uh, Spider-Man is trying to trying to defeat while at the same time shut da- shut it down the super right. It, it, all of a sudden, it's kind of like a secret lab that he's in that was exactly. like hidden in this area. And you also see you also see in this um, another villain, the Prowler, who's like purple and, right. and yeah. black costume with like a cape um right and and has some sort of tech because he has like rockets and he's almost like a uh, he's almost like an evil batman like in in the way that he like acts yeah because he has a lot of technology driven stuff right more powered he's like a fusion between batman and iron man right but evil right he's just uh, but anyway peter it turns out peter parker he he is able to uh, this spider-man he's able to do almost what he wants but he unfortunately falls and he meets miles they have a they have a bonding moment because as we're going to find out later in the movie when two people were bitten by radioactive spiders they have a sort of kinship that develops the telepathically so he pretty much says to miles here you know you're you're the next spider-man almost gives him the thing that can shut down the super collider and says you need to put this before they actually before they use it again and destroy Brooklyn, yeah, and and he's and like Mister Heroic Spider Man too, and dies. He's the perfect. He's the perfect Spider Man. He's you know it turns out he's twenty six and he's young and he's you know he's great at what he does and he's having fun. And he's quipping and he loves being Spider Man. He's embraced the heroic part of it, and he dies. And now Miles is. One, it's not just that he dies; he loses this figure that he had. He does have this telepathic connection with, even though it was really brief. He, this is a celebrity. This is a hero. You know, Miles is from New York. Everyone knows it's a very well-known thing in Spider-Man movies about how much New York loves Spider-Man. Yeah, and they do in this movie too. And now Miles just saw him die. Yeah, and you can see even even his dad, who does you know, who's almost like. In, from the Amazing Spider-Man, the, the Captain Stacy role of Spider-Man's a vigilante and I'm a cop, so therefore I don't like him. Uh, he's playing that role, but even, you know, you can see the look on his face when he finds out Spider-Man was just a kid. It was just 26, and then he died. So it's, it's, really, it's a really powerful couple scenes here where Miles is, you feel Miles, the weight on his shoulders, that he really just doesn't know, he doesn't know what to do. And they give him that motivation about like Brooklyn is in danger, like his home is in danger. Um, he knows that he has to do something, but he doesn't know what. Uh, so because of that, he actually goes and visits Peter Parker's grave, almost as a, you know, calling. He needs help, and it turns out, gets help in the form of Peter B. Parker. Right. So Peter B. Parker is not in the same heroic state as. The other one we met, uh, you know, the the one who just died. No, he's not. He's completely yeah. He's washed. a washed up, jaded, much funnier, but you know, obviously less like heroic Peter Parker. So he's like in his like late thirties. Yeah, he's got a gut. He's he wears sweatpants. He's not the uh, the trim hero. Pretty much. Then they do. They would they do that's really clever is. 
in the other in the beginning of the movie like we talked about you have this heroic montage of spider-man telling him about himself they do that again at this part in the movie except when he's telling about himself it's very similar until all of a sudden it's not right it's like i broke up with with mj and you know didn't want to do it anymore yeah. and all that kind of stuff but then he also but then it is also played for comedy where you know the classic comedic trope of of characters saying a thing but on the screen it shows different he's like and i got right back up and got out of it shows him crying in the yeah. shower and crying <laughs> like laying in bed sad eating pizza so it is played for comedy but it turns out that when the super clutter was open for the first time earlier in the movie it actually set, somehow it, it's not really explained but it ended up sending peter b parker through dimensions into Miles Morales' dimension. Right. So, so now, yeah, here. so he's here, and Miles brings this story of the Super Collider to him and what happened to the other Peter Parker and, you know, tr- trying to convince him to help him out and, and, like, be heroic in a way that obviously he hasn't been in a long time. Right. It's this, uh, there's a little, there's a little great thing that's touched upon with between these two characters is, it's heavily implied, or I, I don't think it's even implied. I think it's just stated that the reason that MJ and him broke up was because she wanted kids and he wasn't, he didn't feel ready for it, and here he is where he's thrust, pretty much having this mentee that he has to look after, and it, it, there's a lot of Tony Stark, Spider-Man in the MCU kind of things where it's like, you know, he even says later in the movie, "Do I want kids?" Because he feels this thing that he's never had before, he's it's thrust upon him, and now he he realizes he he wants it. Right. Eventually, he learns to embrace it. But at first, he's not there. At first, he's like, "Okay, I, I'll bring you along, but you're kind of more of a hindrance to me than anything. You're just going to play lookout uh, as they when they go to because Miles ends up breaking the goober, the the thing that is needed to shut down the super collider. So they need to go to this lab where it was built and get essentially get a new one. Right. So, so they talk about their plan for how they're going to get the Goober and they like immediately acknowledge that it's like a plot device, which is part of the joke. Yeah. Yeah. He does. He like kind of winks at the camera and's like, yeah, it doesn't really matter what it is. It's just something we have to do. Yeah. <laughs> like these, these things happen all the time. Right. And, and the other thing is, I think he, I think what he likes about miles is like, he's an audience too. Like he, he doesn't really like Miles doesn't know anything about him being like washed up so much. He's like, this is this is somebody who can think that I'm awesome and I'm cool. Yeah, well, I think that showed. No, you're you're a hundred percent spot on because that's to, that's even showed when I, when I made the reference before about how he's portraying himself. You know, obviously as the audience we see those images, but Miles doesn't see them. He's telling him the story of how he's this hero and how he's. You know, he's back on his feet, but in reality, he's not. But he's just portraying himself. And even when, you know, he is talking to Doc Ock or when they're sneaking through the hallways and the vents, he uh, basically, you know, you can see just quipping. He's like, and this is when you say, you have 24 hours. And then Kingpin says exactly that. Right. He loves the, it's very true to Spider-Man. He's quippy. He has fun with it. And, uh, but you're right. It does, he is a, 
Miles is a blank slate. Yeah, and we've never and and I gotta acknowledge we've never had an older Spider Man in anything. Like uh Tobey Maguire was like forty when those No, not came out. not that not that <laughs> how old the actor is, but like with the intention of like how old the character is supposed to be. You know? I know, because yeah, something very true to Spider Man is he's a high school. Right. Or, or sometimes college. Sometimes college, sometimes a young adult, but he's a young guy by and large. Right. You don't really see as many of the, you know, old Spider Man stories. So that again, that was another thing about this movie that seems simple, but it is a refreshing change of pace that eventually does the hero stuff where wear off. Right. Like like he's known for being so witty and so like quick quick with the jokes, but like after a while. Exactly. Is it is it empty after a right. while? Is a lose meaning and what's actually important, which in yeah, this movie very efficient just cuts right into it. Uh, so they go and they we find out that in this universe, Doc Ock is is a woman. Right. She she's a uh, scientist. It makes sense. Scientist makes complete sense. Uh, I like I like the reveal of it because at first she she plays like this scientist and she's like, oh my god, you're from a different dimension. I'm the, it looks like she's being strong-armed by Kingpin to doing something that she doesn't necessarily want. And then she locks Spider-Man in a chair, locks Peter B. Parker up in the chair, and is like, well, you know, yeah. I am... I'm essentially says I'm... Right. <laughs> uh, and it starts attacking him. And this is when we get... Now Miles comes in and helps. We get a little bit of insight into Miles' powers. He's different than the normal Spider-Man, or like the traditional Spider-Man that we're used to seeing. He's got lightning sometimes and he also has um he can turn invisible it's not like lightning like thor though he can electrify things yeah like it 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 doesn't it's not gonna blow something up but it can it can charge it through himself yeah and i think that i mean like you kind of see the spider that bit him had this like electric circuit almost to it it almost looked like a robotic spider yeah, again, I'm not sure. What, I don't know if they were thinking about anything more set. than than just like having it be an interesting power set, but you know. Yeah, honestly, I don't. I don't know his origins in the comics or why he has different powers than other Spider. Then even than the other Spider-Men in this universe, um, the, at least the two, like at least the three more normal. Not ones, not the anime the, robot uh, Spider-Man. <laughs> not the anime robot Spider-Man, and not that's the, the hardest one to understand uh, for me, but. You know, good comic relief. Yeah, we'll t- we'll talk about we'll talk more in depth about the, uh, the Spider Verse itself later. But going to the plot, they they actually do get the Goober and they're running away from Doc Ock and the minions. And it looks like all hope is lost until they're saved by a mysterious figure in white. It turns out to be Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy yeah. is Spider. And we Gwen. met Gwen Stacy in this movie at um uh, miles's new school so she was like the right. only like cool person there kind of and he and he like didn't know what to say to her so classic like high her school and, moment yeah they get a little bit of like the high school kind of drop where uh he makes a joke no one laughs she laughs oh it's a meet cute kind of thing then later on it's a meet less cute when he's developing his sticky powers and he rips off her her hair and so I think that also movie we'll, we'll go back a second when they introduce each other. She says, "Oh, I'm 
Wanda, and she does that yeah. kind of thing instead of saying Gwen. Do you think that was for the benefit of the audience, oh, or do you think that absolutely for the audience? I think. Yeah, do you think they actually wanted to fool people in that she wasn't Gwen Stacy, and that would be giving it away? Because I don't know. I don't think they were, because you either know who Gwen Stacy is and got that she was just trying to hide her name or you don't know who Gwen Stacy is and they could have said Gwen Stacy and it wouldn't matter. Like if you're, if you're like a kid who's like newer to this story or like a parent going just to see the movie, like you might not know who Gwen Stacy is. She's only been in one, like unless you follow the comics or like the old TV show, she's only been in like one movie or at least as a main character. Yeah. Spider-Man three briefly and was, heavily featured in the amazing Spider-Man right. one and two, but that, that's the thing I, I was a little bit confused at because I think Gwen, people might know who Gwen Stacy is, but I didn't necessarily know that Gwen Stacy was at least in like a different version of the comics was Spider-Man, you know, Spider-Man I didn't know that either. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was a good, again, it was interesting when she comes in, she has a cool looking suit. They played contrast very well. You know, it's all white, a little pink. Um, Definitely, definitely good. A good look, and obviously, she, then they do the, her intro thing again. You learn out. She, you find out she's an experienced spider person, but not like uh, Peter B. Parker, where she's Jane. Right. Uh, she has a more traditional arc of Spider-Man, where she watched someone she loves die uh, right in front of her, and therefore, uh, and she blames herself for it. Right. But so she, now she's trying to. Uh, yeah in this in this new universe and she's probably like the most she's probably like the most effective like spider person or at least the most like experienced at least she comes off that way yeah she's super she's super competent at least here because it seems like obviously peter b parker is more experienced but uh it's kind of like going through the motions a little bit maybe isn't his peak shape she's still she's more in that you know, obviously she's younger than the Peter Parker in the in the in the beginning of the movie, but she's in, still in that window of you're still at the peak of your athletic powers because you're younger, you're fresher, you're not jaded, you're still driven, you're still hungry for to be a hero. Right. Um, and that has you know that, that's obviously changed for Peter B. Parker, but they end up getting away and going to Aunt May's house uh, to fix the Goober and to upload uh, the Goober onto a flash drive. And they end up meeting more spider Right. Yeah. I, yeah, you want to this, Yeah, so it, they know to go to Aunt May's because obviously we have older Peter Parker there. And so there's that quick meeting. And then, um, yeah, nice. it's nice. And then clearly there's been other spider people who've already been coming to Aunt May's because um, they're led into this basement. And uh, I think she says something like, well, you have friends here or something like that. And then you get introduced to like the the weirdest, funniest array of spider people. Like I don't know, I don't know if yeah. they existed before this movie. I mean, I, I assume they did, or most of them did. But it's hilarious. Yeah, honestly, I have no idea about their origins. But for, in terms of this movie, they work because again, I think we talked about it before. But they're not they're not overused here. I think if they were overused, it might. Eh, I don't know if it would work, but we got Nicolas Cage, a Spider-Man Noir. Yeah. Uh, 
John Mulaney as Spider Ham. Peter Porker, the Spider Ham. Peter Porker, Spider Ham. <laughs> and then I'm trying to remember the name of the anime one. It which is which is like amazing because it's it's a girl and her like robot that is a spider. Yeah, it's Penny Parker. Yes, Penny Parker. I don't know, and it's like her best friend. So let's talk about her power. Like, does she have spider powers, or is it only the robot that's a spider? She got bitten by a spider because you see that in the graphics, but in reality, like she's it's really like she's always inside the robot. To be honest, see, I thought it was that this again. Trying to remember with this movie, this is because this is such a wild part. I thought it was. Her, a spider that she's best friends with and the spider is living inside her dad's robot that he built because remember at the end the spider comes oh out yeah of the robot so i think it's like the spider is controlling this the spider robot but she can speak well, to the that's, spider that's... because she got bitten by the spider i don't know if she got bit by it that's i don't know if they said it Oh, we'll move, yeah. We'll move on. Yeah, but uh, it, it's a little—it's a little different. But the—but this is the crew now. Uh, we have these six spider people ready to uh, save right, the right. So they're gonna—they're gonna do that, and then the party is uh, broken up. So rudely interrupted. We've got here. We've got um, Kingpin the, comes in. The Prowler is back. Right. So the Prowler. The, we met a little, you know, we met a little bit with the first Peter Parker um, battling them, but the Prowler seems yeah, to be like a mercenary also, kind of guy. Right. And also, we know when, after that battle, he's chasing Miles. Um, we've, you know, we, we figured that out, and he chases Miles a couple different times. Right. Uh, and the Prowler, as Miles knows, is Uncle Aaron. Miles knows that, but. Uncle Aaron doesn't know that Miles is, is a spider. I think he learns that. Does he learn that from this chase when, when they're attacked at Aunt May's? I think he does. Uncle Aaron learns it right before. Well, he, he learns it right before, yeah. but but Miles learns it. Um, they're getting chased. Because remember, he, he's, getting, he's in his apartment. And he goes invisible. And yeah. He goes invisible, yeah. So it's a little yeah. earlier. Um, but, but anyway, the climactic scene of this... The climactic point of this scene is where, and this is the this is the Uncle Ben moment. It's Uncle Iron gets shot by Kingpin, pretty much for failing to kill Miles. Right, Miles. He stops. He stops. Because, I mean, that was his mission, but he stops because he he recognizes him. Right. Exactly. And it, and it's so it's a weird thing because we've seen how bad the Prowler is, and he's you know he's like ruthless when he's hunting Miles before. And he's clearly going to kill him if he didn't know who he actually was. But he does have, they do have this like connection where he does love, does love him. Right. And then, and then they, uh, it turns out, you know, they, Miles brings him to this alley and who's the first cop on the scene, his dad. So Miles is in the mask. Uh, his dad's there. And then he runs over and sees uh, his brother, uncle Aaron, Lying there, shot, and and, and of course blames Spider Man for it because that's who he sees. Yeah, but but I mean, why does he blame Spider Man? It's a gun. It's like he's a cop, yeah. right? He had the guy was shot. But 
Spider-Man doesn't use a gun. Yeah, he doesn't use a gun, but I feel like this. I feel like I could see a situation where this guy just assumes that Spider-Man can do anything because he's already like written him off as like a dangerous vigilante. I know, but just I this part never it just never sat right to me because you know Kingpin has. There's no explanation for why his brother is in a costume. That's for sure. Does he? Well, well, here, well, here's the thing that's kind of interesting. Does Jefferson, who's Miles' dad and the cop, does he know that Aaron is the is the prowler? Because they don't get along at all, and it's unclear exactly why. Something about the past and not and doing the wrong thing. I, I don't know. I think it's a little ambiguous, and I, I kind of like if he, he if he knows, and that's why he doesn't want Miles hanging around with Aaron. Yeah, and maybe it'd be interesting to see if he knows like everything that he does. Like I could see him assuming that like oh he works for the kingpin. Yeah. But does Does he know, know that his brother is in like a villain. tech, you know, in like a super tech villain thing? Yeah. It would make sense though because I I really like this if that turns out to be true and I don't know if but I kind of like it because I think it's very plausible because it also it treats Jefferson, the dad, more fairly because you, you, the movie's from Miles' point of view. He's the main character. So you always see the interactions between him and his dad and especially about Uncle Aaron as being as his dad's just being a dick. Like, oh, I know you like to hang out with your uncle and do the, you know, do your graffiti, yeah. but you, that's wrong. You shouldn't do that. Stay in school. Do this, do that. So we always see it from Miles' point of view. But, you know, if, Jeff, if Jefferson does know about Aaron – and his like at least like what you yeah. said, somewhat of his shadiness. Then I think that again, it makes him a deeper character and a better. Character. It explains a lot too. It's like a whole other reason for him to go to the school because, like, what we didn't mention. Not only is it like this elite school, it's also like a boarding school, like a Monday to yeah, during, Monday to Monday Friday to school. He stays yep. there. Yeah, exactly. He wants to almost keep him away from. From, from these influences. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that thought. It, it kind of makes sense to me too. Yeah. That's in my head now. That's, that's the way it happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay. so that moment happens. Miles comes back to uh, his dorm room and um, all the other uh, super spider people find him. And he's kind of, you know, I think taken aback by this and like in shock over it. Yeah, they. Um, he's taken. A, he's clearly lost his mojo, and and the spider people they say, "Hey," and especially Peter B. Parker kind of leads it and says, "Listen, you're in no shape. You're in, you're not ready to go out. One, you lost your uncle, but also, you're you're just not. You're not up for it. You're not. You're not. Basically, he says." You know, they tie him up, and he's like, hey, you know, if you can control your powers, you think you're ready to go, turn invisible and get past me. And Miles yeah, at this time. So and so Miles is kind of just, they tied him up in the chair, and now uh, he's just kind of stuck there. It seems as if he's just stuck there as the spider people are going to meet their fate, um, where at least, at the very minimum, one of them is going to die. Right, but then at the, the way the plan is drawn up. Right, one of them has to be left behind, but right, and the, and the rift Peter is gonna not you know keep them. But then at the last 
minute of them leaving, we see, and they've left, we see Miles' eyes turn that green, like, electric color. Yeah, so I actually want to talk about these two back-to-back scenes that lead up to this, because I, I think they're I think they're great. The scene, the scene one where Miles' dad is talking to him through the door is, I think, actually really powerful, especially for an animated movie where they're not, you know, real right. people on the screen. The way they convey that emotion, you know, through music, you know, through music, through uh, just obviously even great animation, the way Miles so desperately wants to reach out and to hug his dad and to, you know, cry, and he just can't because he's in this you know, he's tied up and he can't answer the door and his dad is sad, but at the same time understands. Yeah, like you see a change in him, like a more, more willingness to to reach out for him, which is exactly. which is like the arc for this movie, for like their relationship. Their relationship, right. So it, it really comes to fruition here and a little bit later also, but I think mostly here, where they've reached a new understanding, even though they never say one, they never converse. It's pretty much just Miles' dad talking at him through the door, but in, in such a way that's very powerful and very. And Miles is moved by it, and he realizes that because you know his dad does say, "I see great things in you. You have such great potential." And uh, Miles decides, you know what? It's that time of the movie where I'm going to realize my potential. Right. Because you got to realize your potential in these movies. Right, yeah. If you don't have a scene where you power up for no reason just because of an emotional breakthrough, then is it really a Spider-Man movie? Yeah, or a superhero movie at all. <laughs> at least an origins true. movie. Super- right, is it really? Which is, this movie is, even though it doesn't fall into a lot of the tropes that, that plague some origin movies. Yeah, it, it uh, moves much great. faster because they, they made that choice to like assume you know a lot about like your, your, yeah, your which, old, which original Spider-Man. Of- yeah, which we praised a lot, which we praised a lot of Far From Home for, and indirectly Homecoming. We talked about that, so I think we got to do it again here, where you know people know who Spider Man is, and that's something that, that stood out to me is even though they're they're introducing a new Spider Man, they could have highlighted the differences, but they highlighted how many things are similar, and that this is not a this is not a different superhero. This is Spider Man, just in a new form, which is great. And now we get What's Up Danger, which is one of the best scenes. This was your favorite? What's Up Danger? Um, and these scenes from Infinity War, Endgame, just as like a, as like a little scene. It's awesome. To me, it's is like this, this is... Thor Rag- the Thor Ragnarok scene. This is after he like changes his costume, right? Yeah, this and is he, as like, he's, he like paints he it black. May, he changes his costume. He spray paints it. He's has his own. It's it's not the traditional Spider-Man costume. It's black and red, and it looks awesome, especially with the way the animation is. And then he jumps off a building that he was afraid to do in in his, during his training montage. He didn't want to do it earlier, but now he's like, you know what? You got to take the leap. Right. You have to go. Yeah, so I mean, this is a great scene. You, you, you now you feel like, like, well, he might be the best of all of these ones at this point. It's like he's had such a, a transformative change, and so he goes to help the rest of 
you know, his team that left him behind. Yeah, and honestly, I don't, I don't really feel like we need to talk that much about this battle because it's a messy battle. The yeah, the animation's cool, but it's so messy, and it's just, I don't know, I don't really have much to say about it. Kingpin is, he looks weird. I, the king, the whole Kingpin arc. We'll talk about it later with the things we didn't like about the movie, but uh, it, you know, it. it he went, Spider-Man wins because it's a Spider-Man movie. He has a nice moment with Peter B. Parker where, um, you know, Peter B. Parker is like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can go back to Mary Jane and face her. And and then he has a, you know, one of those classic tropes where he says something that a different character said to him. And Miles says, just got to take the lead. Yeah. And then, uh, I think this, I think the scene is really good when Miles first shows up. And he, he's showing this master of the powers and the, the other spider characters are reacting to him. But it's less good as it go as kind of drags on. And the fight between him and Kingpin individually, I think it's kind of... And, and, and one of the hard things, I mean, I wouldn't say this is like always like a, an, something that animation has to worry about, but it's probably more likely to happen in animation. It gets trippy. Like, like visually, you get really confused by it and it lasts like too long and that exactly. in that way like we talked about um spider-man far from home and those scenes in that movie where like mysterio confuses spider-man and all of a sudden he's like a train is coming at him and all these things are happening like that was cool because it's classic mysterio and it lasts for like a minute you know less than a minute at a time and you're back you know, right. you're you're you're, yeah. ro- you're going back and forth. This one is like they're trying to demonstrate like the universe splitting apart. It gets like yeah. almost like Doctor Strange level, um, like cosmic yeah, weirdness. And it was yeah, and it was and tough about, to follow for sure. Yeah, well, and the thing about it, which is like, because that's a, I think that's a great comp with uh, Far From Home and the Mysterio scenes. The thing about the Mysterio scenes is they're supposed to be disorienting, even to the right. viewer. You're supposed to feel what Tom Holland's feeling at the time, and and freak out almost in this scene this is miles you're supposed to understand the stakes of the universe playing apart this is miles's triumph triumphant moment this is him mastering his powers beating kingpin almost like you know proving that spider-man's a good guy to his dad all at the same time and yet it's hard to focus on that because just of how crazy everything's going around it and it was such a clean movie animation wise and they really went for it in this last scene i just this is like probably the one animation part I like I've said a me like a million great things about the animation, million like praises yeah. of it, but I this part didn't land just the scene didn't land for me. And that's how I think I remember I watched this movie with my we went to the theaters with a friend and my brother and my brother even said like oh, so cliche and just you know that cl- the climactic scene was uh, and I, I think I was just like I was just having too good a time to really think about it. When I watched it again separately, like it's on Netflix. I realized, like, oh, the movie, this movie's so good. And the last 15 minutes, I was like, well, I could just leave this. Right yeah. after the What's Up Painter, I think I could just turn it off. I don't think you need it. Yeah. It, it just kind of, you know where it's going. There's no more development of anybody from it. And it just, like, the kaleidoscope view is just, like, yeah, dizzying. Yeah. I mean, I like the epilogue kind of things where... The epilogue is good. Parker talking... To Mary Jane and and Miles has become Spider Man in his universe. I uh, like. I think those are nice. Uh, set set up for a sequel with the last shot of the movie. 
because of course there's going to be a sequel. This this is actually I don't know if you know this, but this was the least grossing Spider-Man major Spider-Man movie made. Really? Yeah. I wonder if they. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not that surprised because it's animated. Right. I think that threw people off. I think people thought like I could miss this because it seemed like an extra thing, like a side thing. Right, but it, exactly. But it's because... better than at least three of them. It's better than either of the Amazing's and and Spider Man Three, for sure. Well, it's definitely better than Spider Man One. Also, Spider. I think it's better. Than, I honestly, I think it's better than Spider Man Two. There's a lot of people that love Spider Man Two. I love Spider Man Two as well. But it's close. But this movie's so good. It's hard. It's hard to say because Spider Man One is such a. It's such like a. Iconic. iconic movie and important yeah. for like the overall launching of like that was the first the movie pastor. that it probably doesn't hold up as well now and maybe at some point we should look at it it doesn't hold up it doesn't seen it like on tv yeah. and stuff the effects are so oh, bad damn. i know it's like it's campy and, and that's like part of the, the charm of the movie that how campy it is but his costume looks so ridiculous it, there's a lot of parts in that where i think I think the historical impact of that movie is, you're right, it can't be understated, but in terms of, you know, what we do as this podcast, you know, what, helping that and the first few X-Men movies of really launching superhero movies. I wouldn't even count the first X-Men movies. I mean, obviously they came out early. They, I think they came out before Spider-Man, but it's like they were too early. Like they actually didn't, they like flopped. It took them, it, 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 they, it took them a long really? time. To, to make a second mm. X-Men movie. Like, I, I think that only heated up as, as they were making Spider-Man movies and looked like this thing was going to launch. But it was really more Spider-Man that kept things going. Oh, absolutely. You're, and, it was like, and it was like Spider-Man yeah, right. and, and, then, and then Batman Begins was like the next like legitimately like good series that was not Spider-Man. I thought X2 was pretty good. It was it, it was pretty good. But I'm not it sure was, what year that was in. It was right around there. Yeah. But well, but well. this one, yeah, this one I think is is it high up there in the Spider-Man movies. I I, I want to give it to I think f- Far From Home first and then Homecoming really? second. But I put this I put this up there. See, I might put I think I'm going to put Homecoming first this second and far from home third and just re- everyone's really cl- they're all really close but god this movie's so good <laughs> so yeah clean. it's so well done it's so well made it's such a well made right lean movie which is like again everything's refreshing about this movie the soundtrack's refreshing the people the animation the everything is just it's a clean slate and that i don't know let's let's talk about I think one of the things I want to talk about is because obviously we love this movie. We don't need to, we've talked about how much we like it. I just kind of want to talk about now. It seems appropriate. We didn't know what movie to choose. I kind of wanted to talk about this one because I thought with all the, you know, now that it seems unfortunately official that. Yeah. The Spider-Man, at least the live action Spider-Man is coming back into the Sony verse. Do you think there's any, any, uh, do you think they're going to tie a Tom Holland Spider-Man into this? I know they will. They it's yeah. a classic Sony move. 
do you have any faith in it doesn't seem like you do but do you have any faith in them to do it right um depends if um john watts stays with them or as i'm hearing rumors of disney swipes him for themselves yeah apparently yeah. they're trying to grab him as a director for he sh- he should do the new x-men movies that's what he should do yeah the i mean x-men movie like do like a younger x-men movie like that would movie. be a good that would be a good one for him if they relaunched stuff like pretty much what they, like, they tried to do at the end there with uh apocalypse and dark phoenix and stuff just yeah that instead of those bad ones make a good one with a good director <laughs> Yeah, they they need a, they need a good director, a not you know, um, headline grabbing for the wrong reason director, and yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he would be good for that. I mean, it would be shame because I feel like the Sony movies. Uh, it's a huge disappointment that that they they have this split for all that it means, um, especially like it really hurts both. It really hurts both universes a lot, I think. I don't know if it hurts Spider-Man more, but I actually felt like the one thing that was reconciling me to it was like, okay, they still have Tom Holland and they still have John Watts. Like, this movie could, you know, we we were okay with Spider-Man movies before they they connected with everything else. Like, maybe one of them won't be so bad. But if we well, lost him too, then I would have no faith in it. I mean, here's the thing, right? So they have Tom Holland, I think, for two more movies. Right and are you are you gonna make a Spider-Man three? You can't. You have to almost you have to reboot it, but you can't do another origin story. No, you can't do another origin story. You think they have to reboot it because of how much the Avengers whole, connection there is? Yeah, Tony Stark. Like they can't mention they can't say Tony Stark. It, yeah, no, like it it it's a huge handicap for them, but. They would they would just make a movie that the entire time you're wondering why they haven't said that. Like they would just have to avoid it. See, I don't know. Like, here's the thing: Can you do Happy Hogan? He's become... no, you can't. No, you can't. It's... You can't. So no connection at all there. It's I don't know. Can you can you even reference what happened in in Far From Home? At the end, can you reference? Nick, can you reference Nick Fury? Can you reference? No. Can you? No. You can't reference Nick Fury, and and Disney can't reference Spider Man at all. Yeah, that's that's gonna be real hard. Yeah, it, it, part, it, the the big shame is that Spider Man was supposed to become like the lead Avenger. Well, it's so obvious that's that that's the Marvel. intention. <laughs> they set it up. Yeah. And I don't know, part of me, part of me really thinks, uh, maybe it's just my profession, but I think they can come to an agreement because there's so much mutual benefit on both sides. I know, I know we had, we had our short podcast where you kind of vented about this, but I haven't yeah. had a chance to, so, because we're doing a Spider-Man movie, but it just seems so stupid. They yeah, just give, can't come to an agreement. Give us making, hope on this one, Tom, because I'm still skeptical. They're making money hand over fist. It's one of those things where it's like, I don't know, and I really hope if freaking Venom gives Sony, Sony the enough, if Venom mixed with Spider Verse gives Sony enough like balls to think, oh well, we can make a movie that makes a lot of money. When you know, Venom made what eight hundred million dollars, which is great. But like Spider Man Far From Home made one point one like billion. I, I don't know. 
yeah on, the, on a smaller budget and, uh, and and venom i swear to god the reason why venom made its money is because they cast tom hardy it has like nothing to do with the quality of the movie no it made us well it made all its money overseas also yeah i mean it just the thing about spider-man far from home is it came out like a few months after freaking endgame when everyone just saw it no one and everyone's like oh, okay i want it done it still made over a billion dollars yeah it's crazy Venom is holding new thing, like it's a new thing, dark anti, whatever. I mean, great, you know, you, you got one Sony, but you know, a commercial success at least. But you know, Spider Verse wasn't a commercial success. It's a great movie, but I don't know. Can you pin your? They're going to make more because it it helps. The them. budget is probably. I mean, I would think the budget is less to make these movies. Yeah, like animation is not is not cheap, but no, I think. But- Having voice like, actors uh, is a heck of a lot easier than the CGI and stuff. Then yeah, the budget's definitely less. But no, I don't know. The thing about it is that is it's it's a good you know it's a, it's a success. I shouldn't say it's not like a failure, but it's not it's not like tentpole franchise like right. Spider Man, like the live action Spider Man's were. It's it's like it's like Disney putting up you know Agents of Shield or something like on the side. Kind of, except it's a movie. Yeah, and the thing is, I think it's like really good, and I hope that's why I wanted. I don't know. Do you think they're going to? Because I know, I know there's a chance that they do it, and I just don't know how. I, I've been trying to think, and obviously, there are people way smarter and more creative than me that have their jobs. But I think they're going to try to do like a half, half live action, half. Um, I think they're. I think they want to cast. I think they actually want to cast a Miles Morales as a live action guy at some point. Because if you have a Spider Verse, I think that I think that if they relaunched uh, Spider Man, they would use. They would do that. They actually wouldn't use a Peter Parker. But, like if if, if Tom Holland somehow cuts early or or two movies in and they haven't you know made a, a deal with Marvel, I think they would. I think they would cast a, a live action Miles Morales. See, what I think they're going to do is, I think they're just, I think they, they might cast live action Miles. Uh, they might mix the Tom Holland Spider Man in with the Spider Verse somehow. Whether they get him to they might. be a voice actor or whether they get him to, whether they cast live action Miles Morales that goes into you know, Tom Holland's universe, it's really unclear. But I think they're going to. I don't know how they're going to do it. I'm trying, racking my brain because just I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think Tom Holland voicing somebody in this in these movies would be fine. But it's like, I think it's kind of wasted in the sense that, like, okay, the you just unless yeah. unless he unless they, they, he obviously can't tell the story of, of these movies in which he's just been hanging out with Captain America and Iron Man the whole time. So exactly. it's like, it's just, it would just be the fact that it's his voice. But yeah, I don't know how they would do it. I'm, yeah, I'm not like, uh, mostly I hear about sinister six as what, the, as their, you know, counter plan, which could, you know, could be good, but, it's not it's not as good as like a full you know universe yeah, yeah and I and i think the next movie that they're do they they, they want to bring in the hunter who's like 
you know he's not going to be that great. I've heard that also. I don't know. Again, just don't have – even though this movie's great, I think this one of the reasons this movie works so well is just because of the newness of it. Yeah. In terms it, of like – And it's interesting. Like this movie has as like minions of the Kingpin like four major Spider-Man villains. Yeah. Like, I think the fact that it's an animated movie – makes it so different. One of the things is like, there's no, there's no bar for like, who are we going to cast in this movie? Because we want him to be in two movies or do whatever. It's right, like, exactly. no, like... we're going to, we're going ha- to have the Kingpin tombstone, doc, Ock, and green goblin all in this movie. Like, and no Prowler. problem. And Prowler. Yeah. I mean, I think, you, I, yeah, exactly. There's no, there's no thought of, especially because it's a spider verse. So you can literally choose, okay, we, we chose this version of Doc Ock now and it worked. Right. We can do a billion other versions of Doc Ock. We can do whatever, literally, because it's, it, this was smart in that if they do it right, I'm saying, like, I think it's a little hard for them to make a good sequel to this movie because I think a lot of this thing, a lot of the things this movie did well was being so unique. Right. I'm not sure. You can't, you can't continue the Spider-Verse story. Like, maybe you have spider, you know, you have characters from multiple universes, but it can't be about, like, preventing the universes from mashing together again. No, I think basically just you early in the next one, I think you should just fight. They figure out a way that you can travel between universes. They can speak telepathically, it seems, but you figure out a way they can travel and they're and maybe there's a problem in Miles' universe and he needs the help of everyone, so they bring him in, but it's not this universe-ending thing again. You know, right. Again, it's just, this a multiverse-ending thing. And, and, and honestly, like, sequels are always always are, have like a high bar and generally have a hard time getting in there, too, because they, they usually like fall a little bit short of the first movie because they don't have the newness. Yeah, I'm going to be... You think I, about like an Ultron... Or Iron Man two, but honestly, I think the best comp for this potential sequel is, is Deadpool two, because Deadpool I thought made so much of its bones on it's a superhero that curses and that's you know really funny right. and speaks to the camera and all these things that you've never seen before. And in Deadpool two, which by the way I'm not saying like Spider Verse can't be a good movie because I think Deadpool two is a good movie, but it's, I don't think it's nearly as good as Deadpool one because those jokes. I actually go totally in the other direction. I thought that Deadpool 2 was way better. Wow. Okay. (laughs) That'll be, that'll be another one. Yeah. Like let's do that next. Yeah. Because you can explain, then you can explain to me how a movie that takes that, that takes two hours to describe like one day (laughs) is a better movie. But that's the joke. It's so painful though. (laughs) It's such a long joke. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Okay, well, we'll talk about... So you don't like... Do you not like Deadpool 1? No, I don't. Wow. I was like, what the heck is this? Huh. I like Deadpool 2, though. Really? The, 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 pi, the, the jokes about the pyro kid and, and Deadpool 2 are great. Deadpool 2 is good. I just thought that... See, I thought the, the, the... And this is actually... It's a lesson for Into the Spider-Verse. But the best things about Deadpool 2 weren't the best things about Deadpool 1. I thought a lot of the stuff they tried to do from Deadpool 1 in Deadpool 2, like 
the you know winking at the camera the the, the, the like the blind neighbor stuff or the whatever blind neighbor, the blind neighbor stuff tj milt the tj miller riffing i honestly thought that didn't work at all one of the best parts of the movie were the domino action scenes were great the <laughs> the the the, the, the the team that parachutes and lands. Yeah, which is like dies. the team aspect of it. The Yeah, that was great. Uh, and then I thought Russell was great, the kid. And I, I, I really loved liked Cable. I thought he was really funny. In like his yeah. own in his own as a foil. You know, obviously almost like playing the straight man to you know, almost a better version of Colossus. So I get what you're saying, but it is a lesson for Spider Verse that the stuff the movie does well. They shouldn't just bank on, okay, well, this is what worked. You know, we had Spider-Man Noir saying three things, Spider-Ham saying four things, you know, this dynamic, this animation, it's all, you know, we'll throw in a couple of hip-hop, you know. Right, some more Post Malone songs. (laughs) Yeah, and now that's, you can't, I don't think just throwing in the same pieces will make, a successful sequel. You need to add things to it. I'm not sure I trust... I don't know. I guess even after this movie is so good, I still can't trust Sony to make a good yeah. sequel. So, uh, you know who you need? You need like somebody who's good with with TV to do it. Because I think these are like... The, the fact that it's animated just makes me feel like it's more like a special TV episode. Like a series finale kind of feel to it. Like... Maybe the people who did the the Spider-Man animated series are still around. They should grab them. I mean, they can make this. They can keep the thing. The thing about Sony is the dynamics of Sony. I think if you keep the same people, keep the same people that made this movie, but don't let. Sony has always had a problem with letting studio execs and heads get in there and and say we want to add more villains to this movie. So right. they've always had that problem. And I'm I don't worried. know. I don't know who they, 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 I feel like they take people in like a marketing room and they're like, which character did you like? And then they say like, they have to be in 50 minutes of the movie. Like yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. And that, now that I'm worried, cause I think almost it, this movie might be almost damned by its own success because they let them make this movie and it, was, and it ended up being great. And now they're going to be like, oh, well, this is one of our franchises that people like. And, okay, maybe the next one will be bigger because now everyone's heard of it. And it got, you know, won these awards and got this buzz. So even though it didn't, you know, it did well at the box office, but not amazing, especially for a Spider-Man movie. Now we're going to do all this marketing stuff and end up making it a worse movie. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is that, like, the problem for Sony, too, is this would be a great, this would have been a great movie for them to cash in on the uh, merchandising does it feel like it's more it's more like younger kid accessible too but but they yeah. obviously can't because of because marvel ownership yeah <laughs> so that's probably the only thing that's like holding them back from making a thousand of these movies yeah because just think of how many toys this movie has. like if you they could if they could spider-man. tell like a miles morales sell a miles morales toy or a prowler toy they would do it in a heartbeat Oh yeah, for sure. Or Spider Gwen, or I don't know. I could see a collector, a, a toy of Spider Man in sweatpants. Because why not? You know. Yeah, like this is made for that. This movie is made for that because it has right. like like a dozen distinct characters. Yeah, it really is, and because of the animation styles, each one looks very different. That you can make kind of interesting toys out of it. 
But you're right, they can't because Marvel owns them. <laughs> yeah, so Sony, make a deal. <laughs> yeah, come to the table. Let's negotiate. Right. Let's do it. All right. Well, Nick, I think we're about ready to wrap it up. Yeah. We're approaching um, the runtime of the movie. No, we're not. The movie's no. not, as, not as short as I may have seen. It's under I don't think we, I don't, we haven't hit that yet. Or if, if we hit the runtime of, of the movie we're reviewing, then, then we know that we have to stop. Yeah, we almost got but, there for Infinity War. It was close. Yeah. <laughs> but thank God that movie is three hours long. Yeah, we got lucky that it was like one of, it's one of the longest super... Yeah, our Endgame one was a little, little more uh, streamlined. But I think that was mostly right. because after six hours of podcasting, we were like, you know what? Let's just uh, <laughs> let's call it a night. But Yeah. So, so this was Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, you know, yeah. comment, guys. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want us to do next. Um, we have a couple ideas for for things coming up. We may branch a little bit out of, uh, you know, I, I think later in the year as, as uh, Star Wars movies come out, we may branch out into that a little bit, go away from the direct superhero movies. But we're going to have plenty more of these, too. Yeah. Um, Jedis are superheroes. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's the same. And Siths are supervillains. And honestly, we, lo- we both love Star Wars and we want to talk about it. So we're, we're still deciding how we're going to do it. If we're going to like do a bunch of Star Wars podcasts or maybe just one previewing episode nine and then like, or one talking about this trilogy or maybe the OT or the prequels, which is always fun. I want to review, I say, we talked to Nick, I want to review a bad movie. For that, I, neither of us have seen it yet because we're just, you know, we feel like we don't have that much time to throw down the drain. But if we want a bad movie, you know, we may go that route. Or or we may do uh, episode eight. Yeah, Nick, like you said, we'll do a bad movie. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We will see you next time, hopefully getting back to our weekly schedule. Uh, stay tuned for what that will be. We're still going to um, we'll catch you. All right. Stay tuned. Bye. Bye.